Hi everybody and welcome to Taking Care of Business. We're here today to talk about what the sellers need to know in the Dubai property market. We're with Head of Sales Progression, Jessica Stevenson. That'll be me with my full Sunday name. Very nice, that's <laughs> when you're told off, Jessica. Yeah. And we're here me. with Paul Kelly. Hello. Operations Director, also, and also, I know what you do today. <laughs> uh, so talking about what sellers need to know, have an expert like yourself on Jessica is a fantastic tool for anyone watching the uh, the podcast. Tell everyone about what you do first so we get an understanding for how in-depth your knowledge will be. Sure, so we handle, or our team handles, the sales progression team. The contracts from once the agents have had them signed, so buyer and seller, they've been out viewing, they've done all the exciting things, you've found the property, um, you're, you've agreed with your move-in date, all of that. Um, then the case comes over to the sales progression team and it's really our expertise to get the property from that point of signing the contract to getting the title deed in the buyer's name. So, okay. and everything that comes along So with you that. get all the boring bits. Absolutely, devil's in the details with us, I'm See, afraid. what's interesting in uh, the role that you're in is there is no official role in Dubai for what you call in the UK a property conveyancer. Yeah. So if you go to another estate agency uh, that wasn't also and also and didn't have a sales progression team, they would have to do all the back end themselves. Honestly, I wouldn't envy anybody having to do that on no. their own. It's it might seem like something that maybe your agent could do, or you'd think, well, of course, that like, the agent should know about this, or how yeah. would they do it? But the reality is, we're doing it day in day out, and it's quite a specialised thing. Um, and I think that you can easily get sidetracked by thinking, that sounds easy, I just need NOC and transfer. Yeah. Surely there's nothing more to it. It is so much more intricate than that and there are so many pitfalls. So that's why the, we have such a specialised The fear team. for me on it is um, if I was selling my house, I wouldn't know this unless I, I'd used our services, is you're handing your money over to an estate agent who is not a trained lawyer, that doesn't have an accounting team behind them. Uh, I mean, you've just sold one of my houses. We transferred this morning, yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Yesterday, and I didn't turn up to any appointments. If you want to do POA, Jess will do power of attorney for you and do everything for you, so thank you for that, Jess. No problem. But you sent me a statement of accounts, how much money was owed to the bank, how much money was uh, due to me, the seller, how much service charge you paid, how was the rent refund, I don't get how you can't employ someone, a sales progression company to do that. It's worth it, it's weight in gold. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm the same. I would completely agree. And it's one of those things like, I, I just had to renew like our, our home insurance. It's one of those things that you really don't want to pay for. Like yeah. I'm, I don't want to pay for home insurance. I want to go shopping and buy exciting things. Yeah. But it's one of those things that I know I need to do. Just lose them it once a year and claim of, it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, make it your value for money. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one way of getting around it. But it's just so important to have something specialised, I think, and somebody that can really, that does it day in, day out, because uh, people have busy jobs and they're you know, professional people and you know your own job inside out. And it's, I think it's great to have somebody to take care of that for you who's specialised in that. Before we go on to what sellers need to know, how much is the fee for using conveyancing and how much is a power attorney fee through Allsop and Allsop? So the sales progression fees are at 7,500, that includes the VAT. Okay. Um, and for, if you want to give us a power attorney like you did, so you didn't come to any appointments. Just collect your money. Exactly. Or collect your house. Here's, here's your check, here's yeah. your house. Um, then our fees are 5,000 plus VAT um, okay. for acting as a POA. 
Perfect. That's enough of the uh, cold pitch onto the yeah. spot. Onto the, not, are we on Spotify? We are on Spotify. We're, we're we? everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to talk about what sellers need to know in the property market. So the first one that we've got noted down here is reality check, is what you said off camera uh, before. Yes. Talk me a little bit through what you mean by reality check in the Dubai property market with a seller. Well, it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek glib comment. Glib? Uh, yeah. Is that a word? I hope it's a, sure, a I'm word that fits. I'm not having it. I need to Google glib in a minute. I don't <laughs> know that's a word. But okay, glib. Um, just saying a reality check. But I, it really encompasses a lot of things. One, in terms of the market price and situation, because as soon as the papers get filled with a couple of good headlines of oh, record transactions or this, that, and the other, so, uh, some sellers... I don't want to badmouth the whole market. You're about to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Think that their property is automatically worth 50% more than yeah. what yeah, it was two days ago. Yeah, carried away, isn't it? Yeah. You do see that a lot. But that is every homeowner. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. no different. I buy a house and from what I bought it for to a week later, I'm saying it's worth a lot more money. So I do get, and that's from reading the news, isn't it? You read the news yeah. um, and a lot of sellers don't have that reality check. So how do you get over that if you're a seller? E well... If you're a seller, would, two things I would do. One, have a detailed look online yeah. to see what, what else is on the market and what comparable options are in the market. Yeah. But two, talk to a, a real estate agent because yeah. a, any trusted real estate agent has access to land department data these days. So yeah. they'll be able to sit down in front of you and tell you this is what this prop, this is what your neighbour sold for two months ago. This is what the one down the road sold for X, Y, Z. So be able to build up a really clear picture of actual transactions in the market and, and what's happening in the market. I think that's what a good estate agent does. So if you go to the UK, what happens, and again, the UK is a lot more, I'm not gonna say advanced, but there is more structure involved in the day-to-day -day from the back end to the front end. In the UK, you invite a estate agent round or you speak to them on the phone and they will tell you what they think it's worth and they sort of select you, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not mm. the, the, and what happens in Dubai, a seller will call up and their villa's worth two million and they will say, okay, we're gonna give it to you, we'd like four million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Call me when it's at four. Call me when it's at four yeah. million. And I think from my point of view, what you said a minute ago, if you are a seller in this market, speaking to an agent, we have the data to show sold comparable. So that's probably the, the biggest thing that any seller should be doing at the moment is, is asking for sold comparable data to make sure they're not wasting the time. Yep, sold comparable. It, even we can go into depth of people like market trends, like buyer demand, what's yeah. popular searches are happening at the moment. So depends how in depth you want to go as an owner, but we can build a really full picture of, of quite a lot of different data points from the market to, to okay. let them know what's what's happening. Okay, so then obviously we've got on to the key component for me is viewings. Yeah. Um, how many times have we spoken to sellers that say, don't bring someone around unless they're going to buy my house? It's the craziest <laughs> or, thing. Or, yeah. or I'd, I'd like to list it, but uh, yeah, they're not allowed to see it. Um, don't get me wrong, in 2006, when I come to Dubai, what would happen is someone would go, hi, I've got an 01 unit in Marina Tower, it's 3.5 million, and they would go, okay, cool, I'd like to buy that. Yeah. And I had done a lot of transactions on that, but Dubai is not the same as it was in 2006. So, I mean, there are crazy amounts of sellers that are saying, I don't want a viewing to happen on my house, but there's no point listing the house, is there? No, absolutely. I think, I mean, as a as somebody who would go out viewing, you've got to get people through the door. You can write things off so quickly by as a potential buyer go no I'm not interested in that but yeah. you need to get people through the door to to really get a feel of what they what they want and if the house is going to work for you yeah especially when the viewing to sale ratio is what 24 yeah. to 1 at the yeah. moment it's high so each 
client, every property that we have, the average ratio is 24 viewings to one sale. So if you're not doing viewings, it's, impo it's, it's almost impossible, and it's, it's impossible to sell it at, at a price that you're gonna that the property is you're gonna deservedly get because mm. unless you're getting it, enough people through the door, you're not gonna generate the offers that's gonna generate a transaction. Yeah. You're gonna get that. Maybe if you're lucky, you sell it, but you get, it's gonna be to someone who's just thrown an offer in and they're, maybe they're a bit glib about the offer that they're putting <laughs> forward. <laughs> right, let me just get this on that. I'm gonna I'm just gonna put in Google now. G L I B is that how you say in Spanish? I, think so. I don't know if we want I'm to know what now. that means. Okay. <laughs> Glib is an adjective for fluent, insincere, and shallow. You are hammering sellers today. <laughs> no, I say buyer might put a glib offer for you. Call sellers glib, <laughs> shallow, and sellers. Buyers have destroyed the market. <laughs> no one's going to call us after we finish with you. But but if someone's not, if someone You're feels glib. this pressure that they, they can't they can't view unless they buy, <laughs> yeah, then maybe they are maybe they are you're not. You're not reaching the the masses of the market. You're not yeah. getting everyone through the door. Agreed. So you're not going to get an offer that you, you that the property probably deserves to get. Okay. So viewings and allowing them is it then important yeah, part of a estate yeah, deal? That sounds so basic, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? But it's so true. You just need, need to let to people sell. in your house. Yes. It's yeah. like imagine going to a car garage and they go, "I've got this lovely Ford Fiesta. View. It's blue." Okay, can I see it? No. no. Would you like? <laughs> would you like to put a deposit down? No. It's blue though, and it's a fiesta. It well, the worst is when they say, "Can you show them from the outside first? Yeah. Right, I'm just going to take someone's. Going to get them out the office to come and sit outside the house and say, "Do you like the look of they it?" Go, go into car garage. It's like pull out. So that's it in the window. Then yeah. you can't go near the car unless you want to come back yeah. next week with cash. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so next thing we go on to with sellers, multiple agencies and why this isn't a good thing. We do have some more technical aspects to talk about in the sale, but these are basic marketing tools. So Jess, explain what's happening from your point of view with sellers at the moment listing with multiple uh, agencies. Um, for me, I think it's, it's a matter of um, you're almost flooding the market with sort of your own property mm. and what, what that will then look like to a buyer is there's four of those units that I really want yeah. and I'll then put my foot off the gas and think there's four of them available so I know that I can when I'm ready I can go and I can look at them and I can put in an offer and that'll be easy but the reality is it's actually your one property so you've alienated the buyer the buyer's market thinking there's plenty availability you're actually only that one house yeah so I think it can be so detrimental you think that's what you're doing the right thing because I'm covering from a seller's perspective they might think well I'm covering all bases yeah. if they've got buyers they've got buyers but what you're actually doing is making it look to buyers like there's more availability than there actually is. And what do you see the knock-on effect with that pricing when there's multiple agents um, looking at one property? Well, two things. One, a buyer's, uh, what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of buyers will put offers through multiple different agents because they'll, from the, the buyer's perspective, they'll think, well, I'll try three different agents and I'll see which one's the best negotiator and which one will get the lowest price. When in reality, what the seller's feedback's getting in is they think they've got three different buyers. Yeah, they're going to get more yeah. money. They're all lowballing the seller, yeah. aren't they? That's just how it is. Or unfortunately, some some unscrupulous agents in Dubai, if they hear that and it, a seller, glib, yeah. glib agents. <laughs> these glib agents, <laughs> if they hear that the seller's got an offer through another real estate agent, they'll often try and muddy the waters a little yeah. bit. Maybe they'll come in with um, a fake offer, or they'll. You're trying to talk the seller out of a yeah, deal or one cool. thing or another. Yeah. 
Okay, so we, we're advising sellers to list with one agency to give one voice, one opinion, and more importantly, not flood the market with one listing, with five listings of really Yeah, want. 100%. And maybe it's because, because I operated in the UK market, but I, I think that's a model that really works for sellers because not every seller is going to click with every agent. Mm. So have two, three, four agents out, give them an interview almost to, of their knowledge, their expertise, what they're bringing to the table, but also whether you can work with them because... For a lot of our sellers, we deal, like we've said so many times, with end users, so their property is their biggest asset. Yeah. Work with someone that you get on with and you feel you've got a rapport and relationship with, because yeah. you're going to have to work together to achieve the sale of your property. You don't just. The one type of agent you wouldn't want is what agent? Glib. A glib, a glib yeah. agent. <laughs> a shallow agent. It's just not what you wanted. <laughs> so, working with one agent is key. So, we're going to get something juicy now for the listeners and the watchers. The watchers as well. The watchers. <laughs> The watchers, the ones on WhatsApp, you know, the one that never responds, but yeah. watch, that's you. That's me, you that's that's terrible me. Yeah. That. Paul <laughs> Kelly has watched, never responds. Okay, so for the listeners and watchers out there, we're going to talk about something juicy that we've been involved in, that I think estate agents in Dubai are going to want to know, and especially sellers. So as the market's gone up, um, a lot of sellers are backing out with a higher offer. So what would happen is that a seller would sell their house, um, and then they would say, well, I'm not selling it now. And what would happen at that point is they would go and transfer the house to the different buyer, mm-hmm. receive more money, and happily ever after. That's not actually the case for sellers. And I think it's important we talk about something specific where you're going to come and talk about this for us. Explain what an attachment order is and what's happening in the real estate market with this. Yeah, so exactly like you're saying, and unfortunately it is happening that, that sellers maybe maybe it's a purely financial decision or for whatever reason that they're, they're doing this, we would get into a contract, seller has signed to sell the house, agreed a price, and the way either, whether it's the reality of the market or whether it's agents pushing up, up prices because they know that, that that property is currently sold, I could have got you this or or that, and then they're coming with offers. What, the, um, what from a seller's perspective they're seeing is, well, now I can get this much more money for it what I'm going to do is I'm going to ignore this contract yeah. and I'm going to go and sell this property to somebody else for a higher offer while I'm still in, in this contract. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, it does mean that brokers do have to get a bit more litigious than they used to be um, in Dubai. We have to go down that road. Yeah. But there's something now um, available called an attachment order. And what we can do is if that's the case where somebody has clearly gone and sold the property to somebody else while you're already in the in the contract, is we can apply to the court, to the judge, and appeal to them that this person has withdrawn from the sale. Um, we believe they're about to sell the asset, so there will be then nowhere to then further claim the penalty from the buyer or the penalty due to the broker. So if there's a very real risk of the of the seller getting rid of the asset and then there being nowhere no recourse for the buyer um, then you can apply for an attachment order and the judge would grant this um, on the basis that a a full case is registered within seven days of the attachment order being placed but what the attachment order would do is it means that there's effectively like a lien on the property um, registered against it so when that person does go to go and sell it there is there is a recourse and that they would go to the land department and that they would say sorry look there is something in the system there is a case registered against this property and therefore we can't you can't sell it to somebody else because you were in a contract with someone very powerful one else it is i mean it's it's a huge deterrent for people that were thinking of doing that that um you have to sort out your your first sale before you can i think you can think about going forward sellers don't understand i think it's important to to address this is that there is people's livelihoods on the line with yeah, this, and I think there is financial attachments. You know, yeah. people. What it's not like Dubai 
2006, which I said this before, where someone's buying an investment. What has happened in this market is someone agrees to buy a house. Normally, they've sold the house that they were living in or they've moved out of the accommodation. There is a financial chain of people involved. Mm. So a seller just saying in today's market, sorry, I'm not selling, there has to be a penalty. So I'm glad that the courts have put that in order. So in basic terms, you're selling your house. If you pull out, an agency can now put an attachment order against you and have seven days to claim a court a court case against you to ensure that the property is not sold and it's blocked at the land department. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. You happy with that? Yeah, superb for the market because I think it, it is further maturity in the market and mm. there's nowhere else in the world that people just think, oh, they've signed a contract, but don't worry, I'll just sign another one and X, Y, Z. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it's fantastic for Dubai that, that there's now recourse and easily available recourse in the market for if someone does try to do that. It's, it's what's needed. Yeah. yeah, and as you say, for, for buyers, you know, there could be a family, they've got into temporary accommodation, you've got three kids, a couple of dogs, and then somebody says, it's sorry, I'm not selling. Sounds, sounds <laughs> but, a good life. You know, <laughs> but it can be really, um, you know, stressful, yeah. especially if somebody Especially for them glib buyers. Especially, yeah. there. must be. <laughs> okay, so we've got a couple of uh, quick snap uh, questions I'm gonna ask, go through with you now. So, service charges. Sellers need to clear them. Yeah, just the, the, there's a lot of detail and probably the not so fun stuff, but the life admin that you need to clear out of the way before you're, <laughs> before you're selling all the things you meant to do earlier and okay. put it off. So when you've sold charges, a house? Clear them, Okay. pay them up to date. And what would that you'll, enable? To get the NOC from the developer. Okay. So you'll probably need to pay a bit in advance as well, which yeah. we would get the buyer to reimburse okay. um, on transfer. But um, yeah, get your service charges cleared. If they've been outstanding for a while, get that done and out so the way. So can't, you can't proceed with the sale once you've agreed yeah. it and go to the next stage unless your service charges are clear. Exactly, so the developers are still heavily involved even yeah. when you come to sell, you might have paid, fully paid your payment plan and everything else, but you still need their permission, last permission to sell the property. So to show there's nothing due to them, I'm fully paid up, there's no late payment fees, I'm, I'm clear with the developer, you can go ahead. Perfect. Okay, so next one we've got on here is relevant title deeds. So we've met a few owners that go sell the house and haven't got the documents in place. Yeah, they've either not got the title deed or maybe they've bi they got married or yeah. even Congratulations divorced. to them. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. You never know. Well, what is it if it's not congratulations? It's commiserations. Commiserations. It's one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the title deed no longer matches the name on the passport. Okay. So we need to make sure that the documents are linked and the documents are updated with you. Okay. You could, Otherwise uh, you just can't transfer. Details. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, well you, yeah, you can't on that. It's just el elongates the process. Okay. Yeah. It makes it a longer works. process because then you need to uh, reapply for a title deed. Okay. It's going to add a few weeks again. onto the, the transaction. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So things that can delay service charges, relevant title deed. Next thing that's always a bit of an issue at the moment is tenancies in property. So what's happening at the moment? People want to sell the house. Generally, they're tenanted. We're normally selling to an end user. Mm. What's the process in very short terms for um, the tenancy cancellation or notifications to uh, an applicant? So the landlord or the seller in this case would probably want to give a 365 day notice to okay. their tenant to say that they are either moving into the property or selling the property. So yeah. they would want to give that notice so that they can appeal to end users as well. Sorry, my phone is pink. My watch is pinging off, so I'm just putting it on silent. So no, I'm glad it's yours and not ours. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> glib Listen, buyers. Glib, glib, uh, glib podcasters out there. Shallow <laughs> podcasters. Um, so, interestingly, though, that's the basics 365 that they'd have to yeah. give. The property that I sold recently, uh, or in fact, you're doing another one for me at the moment, um, there is a tenant in there that had a 12-month tenancy. What did yeah. we do to chop that down? 
Um, I think you signed a mutually vacating notice. Correct. Mutual vacating notice. So the tenant can agree with you and say, I don't need my 365 days. Yeah. Um, I don't need that from you. I'm happy to move out. Yeah. Um, and they, you, a, a buyer generally isn't going to accept that from a seller as they've said they'll move out. Yeah. They would probably want something a bit more formal. Yeah. Um, and to do that, they can go to the court and ask for a, to notarize a letter basically saying, I am, I am happy to leave on this date. Okay. And they could notarize that. So if there's a tenancy in place, making sure that you're ever going to arrange a termination with them, get it in writing yeah. or agree with the buyer and the seller, uh, the tenant, what the next process is going to yeah. be, which is a lot of people just trying to avoid that because they don't want the awkward conversation with the tenant to say, yeah. I know you live there, but you've got to leave. It's a yeah. bit of an yeah, awkward yeah. one, isn't it? But also have, yeah, at least start conversations with the tenant because I remember so many times when I was an agent, you'd call the tenant up and say, like, what do you mean the owner's selling? Yeah, I, I, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah, but have a good relationship with the tenant as, as well. You know, it's you might need to, to have that conversation with them one day, so, you know, be reasonable with Look them throughout them. the day. Yeah, them exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when's their birthday? Okay, and the final point I've got here for what sellers need to do to sell the house, um, and this is a big one that comes up a lot modifications what happens with modifications in fact I'll tell you a little story <laughs> I think it's important again this is regarding my transaction of my yep. house um, I had some work done on my house and we went to transfer and then I didn't realize till afterwards uh, when we were right at the end that the NOC was rejected you take over so um, if you are if you have modified your house um, in this case I think it was your swimming pool yeah um, then you will need to make sure that you got the proper approvals for it at the time yeah and it might be the case that you did in fact get the proper approvals at yeah. the time which you actually did in this case I did but now if you need more approvals so that for example there's DDA approvals which yeah. used to be Dubai Municipality and DDA wasn't around when, when I bought my house so yeah. went to complete on the house and they said they didn't have DDA approvals and I was like DDA didn't exist then. I yeah. got uh, municipality approvals. Yeah. So anyone that has a pool at the moment, realistically, yeah, you you should have the DDA approvals to get it. There are some developers who um, will insist on having that to get the NOC. Yeah. And there's some developers who are, are happy and they understand that you didn't need it at the time. But but some developers will insist in order to give you an NOC that you go and get. Why. Well, there's always a financial yeah, element. Developers. <laughs> 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 so they will ask you to get. Um, What's the word? Retrospective um, approvals for it. Um, But then there are other developers like Nikhil, for example. Um, They will, a lot of people have modified their Nikhil villas. So you need to have got the Nikhil approvals and it needs to be registered in their system what you've done because they will come and have a look at your villa. So if you've like enclosed a balcony um, or if you've added built up area, they're going to charge you. Even if you're a cash seller and you're a cash buyer and you've both got cash. When you go to NOC with Nikhil, no matter what, they've got a visitation team that will come and look at yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So any villa that's owned by Nikhil, they even inspect wow. apartments. Um, yeah, even if you're cash to cash there's, and there's no valuation, anything like that, it was the developer will still go around and they will have a look. And they are looking for anything that you have modified. Um, structurally modified that isn't as per their their system. So there's a few aspects to it. Of course, there's a financial aspect in that yeah. they, they have they charge fees for any kind of modifications. Oh, I know. But some of it as well is, does it still meet fire regs? Like, is it actually still safe? 
Um, does it fit in with the master community? It's so while it is, um, you know, a lot of bureaucracy and more red it's tape. It's protection, that we've got though, to go isn't through, it? For gated communities, it's still, yeah, it's to stop people, you know, putting a really monstrous extension on the house. So if you own a house in Dubai and you are selling a house, make sure you've got all the documentation yeah. in place. Otherwise, it will delay the sale, which could have a knock-on effect to your contract. Yeah. If you were locked into a certain time frame. Yeah, and you know, even this one small point shows why it's critical to have a sales progression team behind you and helping you through this because if you're trying to navigate that by by yourself and on your own with no yeah. experience all different developers departments municipality dda all this kind of business you're going to be lost yeah you really know where, i wouldn't no. even know where to start no. i just whatsapp jess yeah. jess help me <laughs> she'd be like no problem i'll get it done for you yeah it, it can be an absolute minefield but as long as you've got your keep everything you know keep everything on your drive keep all your originals keep everything all of your documents is there any final tips you would like to give to any sellers listening to the mar- uh, the market in the podcast um i think we've covered it all so talk to an agent before you go to the market make sure you're launching at a, a, a price that is going to be competitive in the market because yeah. you don't want to be one of these properties who gets a reputation for sticking around yeah um and make sure you get all your ducks in order make sure your paperwork's correct you've got all your approvals it's not the process of selling a house it shouldn't it's not that hard yeah. really but just just go just do it properly don't try and cut corners is what yeah. i'd say to people what about yourself any final tips for sellers um yeah just be realistic with um getting organized or uh-huh. get your life admin in check i'd say all that stuff that you think i'll do that later like i'll update my marriage certificate and all that Good. yeah just get it all done okay well i hope this information comes in helpful for any sellers listening to the property market uh, we will continue our podcasts over the coming weeks with more relevant information on the property market. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, guys.